that you had to care for who was uh, in such a state. And when Oprah asked her, she said, uh, it's not a burden, it's my honor to serve my daughter and to serve God in this way. And in a deep meditation a couple of years later, I wrote a, uh, I asked what I could do to help them to get out of the debt that they had amassed. And I wrote a book in, in two weeks telling her story. All the promise is a promise. And uh, now I think Oprah is going to do a full hour with her and tell a story of unconditional love unmatched in any that I've ever known. When my wife and I walked into that room for the very first time, it was as if we had entered into a sanctuary, a place where unconditional love had been being practiced. And I'll bring it around here as I speak to you this afternoon uh, on the importance of this notion of unconditional love as one of the pathways that we have to go through on our way to mastery. And I was proud to write this book and have all of the profits and royalties and proceeds and everything go directly to them. And um, we're slowly helping to get her out of debt. But the most astonishing thing of all, and the part that they left out of the newspaper story, which I thought was interesting, was that um, she talks to and sees the Blessed Mother. And whether you believe it or not is not of any concern or relevance to her whatsoever. She feels the Blessed Mother is there with her. And there are people who have been in her presence who have been healed of um, tumors and things like this. And one of her kindergarten, she was a school teacher before her daughter went into the coma. And... Um, she uh, had a kindergarten student, her name was Joy, and Joy found out about what had happened uh, many, many, many years later. She is now a mother of uh, two, actually three children now, and two of them have cystic fibrosis and have been being treated for cystic fibrosis for four years. And one day, Kay told Joy, who has dedicated her life to helping Kay out, she's there almost every single day, helping her with the feeding and helping her with the grocery shopping and, and all of these kind of things. One day Kay um, came to Joy and she said to her, she said, uh, your children no longer have cystic fibrosis. And Joy said, what do you mean? She said, I talked to the Blessed Mother last night. And um, she said that they have now been healed and that they no longer have this disease. Well, Joy was crying and sobbing and all that, and went, of course, to back to her medical doctors. And her doctors confirmed that they no longer could find any indication of cystic fibrosis. So in the original story that was written, the doctors said that she had been misdiagnosed. I called the doctors and asked them if they had been misbilled. because for four years they were treated for having cystic fibrosis and now they're completely free of it. And that miracle and others were not told in the story, which is of interest to me. But anyway, in today's USA Today, um, there's a story of a man who's opening tonight here in Las Vegas at the Orleans Hotel showroom. His name's Jerry Lewis. You've probably heard of him. <laughs> And he's now 73 years old, and he's going to perform a two-and-a-half-hour break-free with a 30-piece orchestra 
beginning tonight and four times a year. Now, this is a man who tried to commit suicide uh, about six years ago and talked about it. And he had a gun in his mouth, and he came within a second of pulling that trigger and killing himself. As he says in here, 11 specialists looked at him. He had been suffering from uh, meningitis when he was on his Australian tour, and he had been medicated for everything from balance and hearing and hypertension, blood pressure, getting dizzy, and so on. And today he's completely free of all of that. He says to keep in shape, he works out on a treadmill in the morning and a bike at night. I nap 20 minutes during the day and I, when I can, and it does wonders. He's also producing a, uh, a remake of The Bellboy. And every day he says, I get up and I feel like a winner. And you know what the 11 specialists who looked at him all said? He's been over-medicated. He's now medication-free. Medication-free. And he's also free of hypertension, imbalance, and all of the things that have been driving this man for the last 10 or 15 years into a state of literal insanity, as he's talked about it. It's a, um, it's a way I wanted to open today because I think your profession, of course, understands and knows the value of treating people in a way in which we understand that the uh, healing is something that takes place inside each and every one of us and that there's a stream of healing that is available to all of us. And I have been working for the last, oh, four or five months on uh, the beginning of a new book. And I'm calling it, uh, There's a Spiritual Solution to Every Problem. And while I have time here to speak to you, and I'm honored to do so, this is the fourth or fifth time, and I'm not here to tell you how to be better chiropractors, I'm not here to tell you how to be better healers even, as a young man was very dramatically impacted by a teacher some of you have heard of, some of you studied, I was blessed to know he passed away, and I felt that when he passed away he was passing a baton on and handing it to me saying, I've sort of explained this to the academic world, this concept of self-actualization and enlightenment and higher consciousness and higher awareness. Now you take it and run with it and explain it to the cab drivers and the pizza delivery people and the accountants and the chiropractors and everybody that's out there that we call common folks. His name was Abraham Maslow. And Maslow was very influential in my life. He was the first person that I ever read that I felt uh, touched and talked to my soul. He, um, he emphasized the importance of always looking at what is possible for a human being on the basis of the greatest who've ever walked among us, rather than on us making assumptions about people and their capacity to heal themselves or their capacity to grow or their capacity to be great geniuses as being based upon what is wrong with people. He quoted Kierkegaard often, who said that once you label me, you negate me. Once you put any kind of a label on me, whatever you call it, 
whether it's as a hypertension, as Jerry Lewis was called, hypertensive, whether it's as uh, a slow learner, whether it's as non-musical, or any kind of a label that you can come up with. When you place a label on a human being, you negate them, and you begin to treat the label. You begin to treat the thing that you've identified them with. And Maslow said that rather than studying all of the things that are wrong with people and all the things that we can't do, let's instead focus on the greatest who've ever walked among us, these powerful people who've lived self-actualized lives, and let's make assumptions about what is possible for all of humanity that if any one of us can do it, all of us can do it. And that's right out of the scriptures. As Jesus said, even the least among you can do all that I have done and even greater things. It's in every one of us. This power to see ourselves as saints, this power to see ourselves as capable of accomplishing virtually anything that we put our attention on, this capacity to manifest, this capacity to be able to use our mind to create anything at all, whether it's abundance or a divine relationship or a healing or anything in between. And that there are certain qualities or characteristics that people who share this idea of self-actualization have that I will be talking about a little bit later on this afternoon. And as you look at some of these qualities, you will see that uh, these were people that do not fit in. I'm so thrilled to have written Wisdom of the Ages because it's, all, it's the book I've always wanted to write.